when the session is over, the one thing that you must leave with is there is a proven pathway, a road, if you will, a documented, proven pathway, wisdom of the age is based, that always, 100% of the time, leads to success. The truth is, your pathway has been hijacked or is in the process of being hijacked right now as we speak, and most of you don't even know it's been hijacked or is getting ready to be hijacked. And when this session is over, this concept, this idea needs to be clear as it can be in your mind so you understand what's happening, the hijack is occurring, and what you can do to regain control. The path is here for all of us to follow. It's based upon wisdom of of the ages principles. It's always been here. It's never going to go away. But yours has been hijacked. How do you recoup? How do you recover from this point moving forward? That's what we're going to talk about in this week's session. Welcome to the New Era of Wealth Building podcast, formerly the MLMSuccess.com podcast. This show will reveal a new era of team building that has been created by smart contracts on the blockchain and technology that wasn't even available a couple of years ago and most still don't know exist or understand today. We share with you real success stories from real people that are happening right now today. While traditional network marketing companies have fallen into a state of dissipation and delusion, what Mr. Calvert calls a social club, there is one company and organization whose members are progressing and growing their incomes weekly. This organization is led by the host of this podcast, Dale Calvert. Dale has always said that real product and network marketing is people. Dale has always taught, if you build people, people will build the business. We believe network marketing is the number one personal development program on the planet with a compensation plan attached. When you combine wisdom of the ages success principles, proven personal development systems, and a new era opportunity, you have the formula for life-altering success stories. And that is what we share with you in this podcast. So here is your host, who has a goal to develop 500 six-figure earners and 10 millionaires on his team over the next few years. A small-town guy that figured out early in his career that the real product in network marketing is people. And the magic and Ziggs quote, you can have anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Dale Calvert. I suffer from entrepreneurial ADD. I have my entire life. The challenge is I see opportunity everywhere. And I learned 15 years ago, someone shared with me, Dale, you have to say no to a lot of good ideas so you have time for the great ones. And once I really internalized that, I've been able to pretty well stay focused there for the last 10 or 15 years. The problem The challenge today is there's more opportunity and more niches than at any time in history. Uh, I could sit here and share with you 10 ways to become a millionaire in the next five years in 10 different niches. The opportunities are there. But you have to stay focused on the, the opportunities that make sense 
and the activities that create progression. Your brain has a daily process limit. Your, your, your brain can only process so much information per day. Why waste it watching cat videos? If you don't control your environment, your environment is going to control you. And we see that right now. A lot of people every day, their environment is controlling them. As an entrepreneur, if you don't consciously daily schedule your time for income generating activities, schedule your time for income generating activities. If you don't schedule that, technology will steal that time away from you day after day after day, year after year after year. If you don't schedule your time for income generating activities, technology will steal that time from you. The average person spends two and a half hours a day fiddle farting around, as Art Williams would say, on the internet. Two and a half hours a day fiddle farting around. Over the years, uh, you know, I've talked about this from time to time. Uh, a couple years ago uh, on this podcast, I made the statement that the most important entrepreneurial trait from this point forward in the future will be the ability to focus on the things that move our life and our business forward. Since I made that statement, I've watched the ability for those that say they talk the talk. They say they want to build a significant side gig business. For those people to be able to focus and learn new income generating tasks and systems, I've seen that ability to be able to focus and learn new tasks and systems diminish at a rate that sincerely is alarming to me. And I'm not, I'm not playing on words here. I mean it. It's alarming what I've seen just in the last couple of years. I mean, the social dilemma, uh, if you haven't seen that movie, you have to, but it is alive and well, and it's growing all around the world. And with, ladies and gentlemen, with the AI technology, that we're about to be struck with over the next five years. If you don't become aware and get a hold of this idea right now, you never will. I mean, you never will. It's my hope that something I share with you on this podcast can help you examine yourself, your time, your goals, and rethink and refocus yourself if you need to. Uh, my name is Dale Calvert, and again, the title of this session is Warning, Your Natural Reward System Has Been Hijacked Without You Knowing It. When I look back over the years at the information I've shared with different people on different webinars, uh, Zoom meetings, this podcast, and I look at some of the things that we've shared over the years, and I knew at the time I shared them how important the idea or the concepts were. I knew this is really, really important. But I also knew at the same time uh, how people process information, and, and I knew that the market would probably not recognize the importance of what I was trying to share. And today, at this moment, I mean, I find myself in the exact same situation. 
I, I do. I mean, I understand how important this information is, and I also understand that most people are probably not ready to hear hear it, and by the time they are ready to hear it, it'll be too late. And that's sad to me, but not everybody, not everybody. Some will hear. Uh, but just like when I did the audio cassette that I got death threats over uh, back in 1999, network marketing is a scam, and, you know, people were irate. You know, most of them never even listened to the audio, but they just couldn't stand the title. Dale, you've made millions of dollars in network marketing. Now you're calling it a scam, blah, blah, blah. And I would always say, did you listen to the audio? No, I don't need to listen to it. Blah, 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 blah. It was a critical message at a critical time that the market really needed to hear. I knew that. I knew that. And then, you know, Ron Henley and I did a a Zoom or a webinar probably seven, eight years ago now called A Critical Message to Network Marketing Pros. And I knew when we when we did it how important it was because it was important to me and answered a lot of questions for me. When when Ron first shared the concept with me that he got from from Larry, who got from Jensen Franklin, uh, you know, and, and the whole concept is when a movement gets away from its core fundamentals, there's always unintended consequences. When a movement gets away from its core fundamentals, there's always unintended consequences. And, and you can see this around the world with governments today. When you get away from your core fundamentals, there's always unintended consequences. Uh, but that webinar was real important for network marketers, and it touched a lot, and it made a difference for a lot of people. But most that needed to hear it never heard it. And then more recently, the MOM box. Uh, you know, and if you haven't heard of that, you should watch that video. It's at www.mlmbox.com. Uh, and again, uh, to to try to make business sense out of out of marketing consumable products today, when ninety percent of the population have a Amazon Prime account, makes absolutely no business sense from any stretch of the imagination. But most people, again, are not willing to hear that. But if you haven't seen the MLM box, you should you should sincerely watch that video. It will, it will serve you well. I believe what I'm going to share in this session is at the same magnitude and, and will play out to be true and, and obvious to everybody over time. But the simple truth is we don't have time. We don't have any time left. And, and and I believe this is more important than anything I've ever shared from that perspective, because we've got to become aware, like today, like right now, of the concept I'm going to do my best to share with you and take whatever appropriate action and precaution you need to take uh, as a person, as a human being, and as an entrepreneur, and as always, to thy own self. Please, to thy own self, be true. There's a concept called elusive obvious. The elusive obvious. And basically what that concept means is some things are so obvious, so clear, that we let the idea go in one ear and out the other. It can't be that simple. It cannot be that clear cut. 
There's got to be more to it. There, there ain't no foo-foo dust, as I've said for years and years. Sometimes, most of the times, the answers are right there in front of us, but we just have to take the time to see them, hear them, and internalize them. You know, I talk a lot about the law of averages and have over the years. And I don't think anything is really could be more obvious than the law of averages. I mean, Jim Rohn uh, talks about the parable of the sower and how to build a network marketing business. I've mentioned it so many times, three basic laws. I've mentioned it more probably than any training that I've talked about over the years. And I still don't understand why, as marketers, we attach so much emotion to the outcome and so much emotion to things that we absolutely have no control over. I, I just don't understand. It's a daggone numbers game. It's a numbers game. It, it always has been. It always will be. And we get so bound and so tied up in what somebody else thinks or, or if they're going to join or not. And I don't give a flying flip. Next, 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 next. It's a numbers game. Uh, and it just is. It just. And again, if you have not heard that audio, I've talked about it. I talk about it all the time. It's on. It's on. YouTube, you can get the audio CD, and and I've said a thousand times, don't listen to it, memorize it, because it's one of the most, probably the most powerful recruiting philosophy concept idea that you can that you can internalize and make part of you every single day. It makes a huge difference. There's nothing that you can, from a recruiting standpoint, there's nothing more important than internalizing that philosophy. There's nothing more important. And the gathering, see, a lot of people listen to this podcast, other podcasts, as many podcasts as they can. And the gathering of information from podcasts or webinars or Zoom trainings is of no value to any of us if we don't learn to take some of the time, take some time, and internalize the key ideas and concepts in that session. You've heard me say many times on this podcast, the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence. What does that really mean? The teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence. Well, I'll try to explain what that means. And, and to me, it should just be obvious. It should be self-evident. It's not what you're listening to right now. It's what you think about and what you process in your own mind, in your own car, in silence. What that what do you hear that you actually internalize? That's where the real learning comes from. And and what I do is is you know I I I go through a lot of data and books and information and audio books and every week I, I have time scheduled for for personal development. And my basic process is I listen once and if I'm listening to somebody new, all I'm really trying to figure out is this somebody I want to list, ever listen to again? Because once they say something stupid, once they say something totally illogical that makes no business sense, uh, that's self-serving and not serving to the people that are listening, I eliminate them. I will never go back and listen to that person ever again. Uh I only have to hear somebody say one time, I'm going to teach you how to be a high-paid network marketing 
consultant, even if you've never sponsored your first distributor or acquired your first customer. I only had to hear that once and I knew I would never want it to waste one more minute of my time ever, ever listening to somebody that has that type of mentality philosophy and is stupid enough to say it publicly. Uh, that's a level of ego arrogance that I never care to listen to ever again. And that's all. And, and that's how I, I, I play this. I have several people that I listen to every single week. Uh, most are in the cryptocurrency space or are preachers. Uh, I have a few personal development people that I listen to, uh, not maybe weekly, but often. And and I try to add new people as many as I can whenever I can, but there's just not that many out there. But usually when I when I have a long road trip and I'm in the car, then I'll try to listen to a few different new people. Uh, because I want to listen to as many people as I possibly can. But my process is pretty simple. I listen once. Is there value here? If there is, I go back. I listen to it again when I can focus and I have my journal in front of me and I take notes. And then I can review those notes over and over and over until the key concepts are internalized, until they're now part of how my, I understand it. I get it. I can teach it if I had to. And that's just kind of the process that I go through. It goes most, most that I'll listen to, I'll never get to my journal with the information. But if I get to my journal with the information, then I'll write it down and I'll have it and I'll maintain it and I'll internalize it. And that's just the what, what I mean when I say the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence. Neuroscientists have discovered that we all have a working memory overload. We are only capable of making so many decisions a day before we move into a state of mental fog. Mental fog. Many of us get into, I get into a state of mental fog every single day. Every day I get into a state of mental fog. Uh, I work in six-hour sessions. I do three six-hour sessions a day. And I usually have one key thing I'm focused on during each one of those sessions, three, six hour sessions. And I will have mental fog every single day. And I do a 12 minute nap because Bob Armstrong taught me to do that. He learned it from reading a book on Albert Einstein, which we'll probably talk about next week. So I, I have my systems. I understand how I work every day to be as productive as I possibly can be. Are you? The truth is, Americans take take in today, they take in five times, think about this, five times more information today. We take it in, we think about it, we let it penetrate our brain. Five times more information today than we did in 1986. Ladies and gentlemen, our brains are not equipped to handle all decisions and distractions we are expected to deal with since the evolution of the internet and smartphones. We're not expected. Our brain cannot handle all this. It's not equipped to handle all this. And as you've heard me say a thousand times, a confused mind does nothing. A confused mind loses motivation. That's why I see once very productive people losing their motivation to work and grind at astronomical levels. 
Let me say that again. I have a lot of friends. Some back in the day worked. They they worked, man. They were workers. They were grinders. They were hustlers. I'm, I saw them when they were. They're not at a place financially that they want to be for various reasons. They're not where they want to be. But they have lost, totally lost the ability, the motivation to work and grind at astronomical levels. And even people on our team that at one time were out there every week making it happen, consistently progressing, who've lost their motivation. Now, listen, ladies and gentlemen, life happens. Life happens. I get that. That's why you have to learn to run when you can run, because we can't always run. We can't. Life happens. But you have to, when you can run, you better be running and not watching video games or cat videos. You've got to learn to run when you can run and quit making excuses all the time. It, you know, well, my spouse, my this, my that, my job, my that, my kids, my soccer game, blah, 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 blah. You can make money or you can make excuses, but you can't make both. Run when you can run. Don't beat yourself up when life happens and you can't run. But you, if you've got, if you're not grinding and you could be grinding and you could be working and you're not, to thy own self be true. Those, those, uh, those on our team, how many of you in the last three, four, five years have we seen high performance people, those who have written books and those that have a reputation in our niche? Uh, think about this. This is, this is very telling. How many times have we seen these high performance people with reputations in, in, in our niche, join our team, and they they got all you know they want to they want to share all their wisdom in the first week or so, and then they realize, man, these these people are doing something different. I mean, they, they're really working. This is not some giant social club. I mean, these people are out there, you know, creating customers, and they're out there recruiting. Five new people plus every single month. And this is a different kind of culture. This is a different kind of team. And they leave and they bow out. They quit. They enter with all this reputation. And and we watch them. And since they left us a couple years ago, they've been in three other deals, repeating the same pattern. We've all seen it. You've seen it. I've seen it. Everybody on our team has seen it. Why? Because they've lost their motivation to do the work. A lot of people can talk the talk, but very few people have the motivation to do the work. You've got to be willing to do the work. And I think I've finally figured some things out. I mean, your working memory is responsible for three things. Number one, your ability to take in and process new information. I mean, I get on some corporate webinars sometime, and at the end of these different corporate webinars, and various different corporate webinars, and I'm not talking about one in particular. Uh, we see it in all of them. And 
at the end of it, you know, people have questions and they ask a question and it's like, dude, they just covered that. 20 minutes ago, they just covered that in detail. Where were you? And it's like, I saw your ugly mug on the screen. It wasn't like you were asleep. You were here. You heard it just like everybody else heard it. And I was fascinated by that and have been for several years. But then I started to understand in some research and things that we've read is when you're, when you're, when your working memory is all screwed up, your ability to take in and process new information is, is affected. I mean, we can sit there and tell somebody something as clear as we can say it, and they are not able to process it and hear it. It's fascinating. Number two, your ability to motivate yourself. Well, that explains a lot. That explains a whole lot. You know, you aren't going to be motivated if your memory response is overworked. Your ability to link new information with what you already know. And I see this every day. It's like just because we're adding this to the process does not ne- neglect or uh, it does not, whatever the word is I'm looking for, does not remove everything that we've learned up to this point. It's just an addition to what we're doing. It's not a replacement for it. And, and how people's minds don't process that is unbelievable to me. They don't have the ability to link new information with what has already been taught. So it's an epidemic, ladies and gentlemen. We live in a world today where more and more people are finding it difficult to focus on that which is important or requires a learning curve. If the average person with above average desire have learned it and done it, then you can. That's a foundational principle that has served me well. If other average people with above average desire have done it, then Dale can do it. I believe that, and I believe you can do it. If other average people with a, with above average desire have worked through whatever they needed to work through, got through the learning curve, and they've done it, then you can do it. You can do it. But but you've got to really be careful how you process this information and what you're telling yourself. And if you tell yourself, oh, I can't do it, I'm too stupid, this will never happen, then you're right. As Henry Ford said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. The same confused people will waste hours daily in a state of social media limbo where they're constantly tabbing through different social media platforms, waiting for somebody to post something unique or different or or give them the opportunity to jump in with the cool kids on the cool kids bandwagon and make a comment so they can be seen or they sit around waiting for some kind of racy photo on Instagramming. That's how they spend their time. They're so frustrated. They're so confused. Yeah, but they're wasting all their time tabbing through social media trying to get a dopamine fix. We're putting ourselves in a state where it's almost impossible to focus and apply ourselves to task. When we try, it's almost very painful and frustrating. And listen, I'm preaching to the choir. I have three or four major projects that I have to buckle down and get done, and 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 I don't want to do it right now at the time that we're talking. I mean, this is this affects all of us. But eventually, I, it's like you have to buckle down and get it done. 
almost everyone can relate to this problem. Everybody understands what I'm saying. Why is it so difficult to focus on important activities and become self-educated? Why is that so hard? Why are we not motivated to learn and internalize the ideas, methods, and systems that will advance us and move us forward in all aspects of our life? I mean, I'm a pretty daggone motivated person. I really am. I, I got my time pretty well figured out. But sometimes there's so much stuff that come at us that we just get overwhelmed and bogged down and overloaded with important things and, and important decisions. And, and, and you know, life sometimes comes at us. And we have to deal with different situations at different times. But we have to learn to stay in the game and continue to function and to, to continue to move forward. It's like if we don't get out of our own way, it's it, 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 it's amazing to me. It's, it's like we don't want to get better. We don't want to progress. I mean, we don't want to really progress. We would rather kind of fake progress, kind of act like we're progressing. But we don't want to really do the work, get in the grind, and progress. So why is that so difficult? And, and when I say I, I'm concerned about what I've seen in the last couple of years, I mean, I sincerely mean it. I sincerely mean it. The number of people that I've talked to that have had a track record of some kind, you know, at some point over the last 10, 15 years, who've actually accomplished something, who just enter the witness tech protection program after joining, after buying, after plugging in for a week or so and realizing there ain't no foo-foo dust and, man, this looks too much like work, and then they disappear, it's been unbelievable to me. Absolutely unbelievable. And and the thing that I've always depended on, one philosophy that I've always, it's been a foundational philosophy for me, it's never let me down, and that is you can tell what a person will do in the future based upon what they've done in the past. So when I would talk to somebody that maybe built a network marketing team and maybe they've done it not just once, you know, they just didn't get lucky one time, but they've, they've built multiple teams and multiple companies, then that's a pretty good in indicator that they will plug in and put their ego aside and plug into the franchise that we offer, that they will have massive success, more success than they've ever had doing anything anywhere. That's a really good indication. If they've paid the price somewhere else, they'll probably pay the price here. That's why I love old Amway people that spent three, four, five years showing the plan, you know, and, and working. Because if they've done it in the past, there's a good chance they'll do it in the future. And I've always tried to position them in a situation where if they do it here because of the time uh, the time timeliness of the opportunity that whatever opportunity I'm involved with, it's going to be in front of the trend. I promise you that. And 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 other aspects because I try to position people with the right opportunity at the right time in history with the right company that if they were willing to do the work again and and go after it and grind one more time, that the financial rewards they were looking for and the financial independence will ultimately come with whatever program we're promoting. And that's just the way I operate, and I believe that. So my go is that the information will, here which is going to help you permanently deal with, tackle, and permanently eliminate the challenges in your life, the, the unbelievable challenges that all of us are having right now because of the state of the world in which we live. 
Because if we don't do it now, we will have no hope in the future. People have no idea how much the world is going to change over the next five years. They have no idea how much the world's going to change over the next five years. AI, artificial intelligence, is a game changer. And in the end, what I really believe is the robots destroy the world. That's how the world ends. That's where we're headed. And I think it's pretty obvious. So to prepare for the disruptive, scary future ahead, we must understand what's really going on in today, you know, in our own minds. The challenge is our hunter-gatherer brain has not really changed over the years. Your brain, my brain, our brains are not equipped to handle the technology at our fingertips right now, much less what's coming in the future. We have the kind of brain that was used to, you know, viewing out over a large field, just looking out over a, a large field and looking for a deer or a buffalo. And then when we see it, when we find it, letting all our friends know, and then everyone coming together and running after the buffalo with our spears to secure our next meal, our rations for the winter. I mean, we have the type of mind that our brain would look for a right berry. And then once we find the berry, we would get all excited as we bit into that juicy blackberry or whatever. Uh, there was not a lot to do way back then except hunt and survive. And that's kind of built into our DNA. And I mean, some of us, you know, we grew up in a world without color TV. You know, move forward many, many years, but it's kind of the same. We grew up in a world, you know, there was no color TV and it was hit or miss. I mean, you know, if one of the three, we had three stations that were available to us and it, they may get good reception tonight or the antenna might have got messed up on the roof during the thunderstorm. I mean, you just never knew as a child when you were growing up, you know, if that black and white fuzzy snowy TV was going to work tonight or not. And that's just the way it was. I mean, I spent my childhood every day on a magnificent adventure outside with my friends every single day, riding bikes all over, riding bikes miles and miles a day. You know, we had a lot of fun and we and we stayed up every night and we checked in, you know, when it got dark and we had supper and then we went out and and, and played outside and we played Ghost in the Graveyard and Spud and all kinds of games at night. And it was phenomenal growing up. You know, I didn't have to deal as a, as a teenager with, you know, video games and internet and cell phone. I mean, that wasn't part of my childhood. And, and a lot of you listening here, it wasn't part of yours either. Some of you, it was. Some of you can't imagine growing up without video games or a cell phone or the internet for that matter. I mean, the reason we were, we, you know, back in, in the early, early days, early man, the, re the reason they were motivated to find a deer our fresh berry is the same reason today that that motivation is the same day is the same reason that today we wasted an enormous amount of time. But we're not, you know, we're not focused on finding a berry to eat. We're focused 
to go on Facebook and constantly check the the notifications of of our phone. And the reason we do this is because of a brain chemical called dopamine. And dopamine is the motivating brain chemical. When it's released, you feel like you are about to be rewarded or experience something pleasurable. When dopamine is released in your brain, it makes you feel like you're about to be rewarded or experienced something pleasurable. When our ancient ancestors saw a deer in the field, they got a squirt of dopamine in their brain that gave them the motivation to go kill their supper. Dopamine provides motivation. So when you see something pop up on social media, you have the motivation to go check it out. Why is this important? Because we don't live in a hunter-gatherer world anymore. We don't live there anymore. We We live today in a world with people that understand this super high emotional stimuli and it it surrounds us all day, every day from trying to get our attention and point us in whatever direction they want us to go. We live in a world where everything is designed to be as pleasurable as possible. What super high stimuli what it ultimately does, and hear this, it hijacks our natural rewards pathways. It tricks our brain into thinking we are about to do something so important that our survival depends upon it. And it's programmed, we have a programmed response for this built into our DNA. It tricks our brains into doing things that waste countless number of hours every month and prevent us from doing the boring, monotonous activities that that create progress down this natural rewards path, this natural rewards path. I I call it the road. Going down the road that we all must travel to create success. It's monotonous. It's boring. It's the same thing over and over and over, but it's ultimately what always creates success and progress. We've become slaves to our dopamine systems. We go where our dopamine systems tell us to go. That's why, according to uh, Statista, the company Statista, the average daily social media usage of internet users internet users worldwide is around 151 minutes a day. That's two and a half hours a day. Dopamine is why so many people are addicted to video games. I mean, the average gamer plays 8 to 13 hours a week just on video games, not counting all the other time on the Internet, just video games 8 to 13 hours a week. And and honestly, I get this. I mean, as a teenager, 
I mean, I, I, I was a Pac-Man addict. I mean, I sincerely was. I played Pac-Man every single day. And this is when you had to go somewhere to play it. You couldn't play it at, uh, you know, at home on your, on your, whatever they play, you know, whatever that Wii or whatever. I don't even know what they're called. Whatever these game console consoles are called. I mean, you had to go somewhere and put it quarters in the machine and play it. And, and it got so popular that you would have to stand in line to even be able to play it. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, I played Pac-Man daily and I can remember getting, you know, leaving the farm when I was working in the summer and leaving the farm. And there was a holiday inn in Lexington that had a huge game room and a pool area for their guests. And inside that game area, there was a Pac-Man and no one, nobody else knew about it. It was like I had my own private Pac-Man. I never had to wait in line. You go to an arcade or any of the convenience stores that had Pac-Man games, there was always a line. And, and, and you know, I could burn Pac-Man up. I could, you know, always reach the high score. And nobody was ever gonna, going to beat my high score because it would show who was a high score on each game. And I, every game in Georgetown, Kentucky, if you looked at high score, it would say DTC on the game. I was a Pac-Man addict. And I'm not proud of it, but I understand that emotion and how that that competitive gene or whatever it is, how it re- the dopamine release of of playing in on video games. I get that. I, I mean I sincerely get it. So I, I you know that's one of the reasons I mean when 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 my daughters wanted Mario Brothers and I remember buying, you know, for Christmas and we got it and we got it all set up. And it's like, you know, kids are in bed and we got Mario all set up. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Why is this so popular? And I turned it on and started playing it. And the next thing I knew, it was Christmas morning. The, my, my daughters were waking up. I played that thing all night long and, and I could not stop playing it for a while. And it's like it got to the point where. Hey, Allie, you want to play Mario? Hey, Brittany, you want to play Mario? <laughs> I was trying to get, convince the kids to play Mario with me. Uh, and, and again, I, it didn't happen very long. I realized what I was doing, and I made some adjustments and changes, and I quit playing it. And, and again, you know, sometimes we just have to go cold turkey and say, enough's enough, never again, I'm done, period, end of story. And that's why I haven't played a video game in, you know, 30 years, 30 years. Um, but you know, I, I enjoyed as a kid pinball machines and rope. Yeah, I, I just did. I enjoyed that competition of that and the bells going off and the, the flippers flipping. And so I understand the dopamine release that can come from different activities. And, and it's, and, and it's not just about video games. It's about, it's about social media validation, you know, and it's not just again about winning video games. I mean, we're seeking dopamine squirts with social media in general. Uh, we hang out thinking we might receive some type of st- stimulating uh, praise from people, some type of reward or our social validation. So our brain is tricking us into stay there and hanging out, wasting time. And you know, science has proven this as far as the dopamine stimulation. I mean, casinos have been using it for years, 
you know, inside casinos. So what does this mean? Self-awareness is a quality decision. It's always the first step to positive progression. So becoming self-aware and and then making a quality decision based upon that self-awareness is always the first step to progression. Society has reprogrammed our brains to get sucked into searching for super high stimuli instead of normal stimuli and motivation. As I said earlier, our natural rewards path the proven wisdom of the ages path that leads to success in all aspects of life has been hijacked. It's not normal. You know, long-term rewards are not usually very motivating for people, but they can be. They can be. The secret is to brainwash ourselves to the point of obsession about our long-term goals. Some of you have seen the picture that I use in different webinars and whatever. It's my screensaver, and it's a picture of Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky, and it says 10,000 people, 500 six-figure earners, 10 millionaires. And I cannot look at that without creating an emotional dopamine release, without getting fired up. If I just take some time and think about it and let it sink in, I get a lot of motivation from that picture. That's a long-term go. It's something that moves me forward in the right direction. And once motivated people, when, when I see people that were once motivated that are losing their motivation and ultimately their, self dip, their self-discipline at epic proportions, uh, it's concerning. And once, and again, when I hear what I said, I see so many once motivated people that are losing their motivation and ultimately their self discipline at epic proportions. Once motivated people, I'm not talking about people that have never been motivated their entire life. They've always been lazy. People have always bummed around, never really doing anything but being lazy. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that were once grinded, hustling, motivated. And I don't know about you, but living in a world where unmotivated and undisciplined people around me everywhere doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. Does it to you? I mean, what's going on here is we have become addicted to the dopamine squirt social media can provide. That's what's really going on. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So when you stop and think about it, you know, at a certain degree, again, you know, some of the, you know, back in the day, I guess, my grandparents, my dad, uh, you know, people were kind of addicted to the radio shows, Little Orphan Annie or whoever, and I guess in the 40s and the 50s, and, and then, you know, people would sit around the radio, listen to different radio shows, Orson Welles and what have you, because of the dopamine release that I'm sure they got. And then it was TV, you know, through the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Uh, 
you know, there was a dopamine release, I guess, when you watch certain TV shows. But what's happened with social media, it's given us the opportunity to creep on others, which is a whole nother topic, or receive validation from them. And it's taken this addiction to an entirely different level. Uh, and with the innovations that are being worked on now with AI, we're just at the beginning of this unconscious brainwashing that's happening around the world. It's happening around the world. We're all being brainwashed with dopamine hits. Dopamine hits. It's happening right now. And it's making us very unproductive, very uh, creating a huge lack of focus. So so the long-term solution to be able to refocus on the boring, monotonous activities that ultimately lead to success in all aspects of life, not just in business, but all aspects of life, is we've got to refocus our brains to remember that achieving long-term goals is a great thing. The pursuit of long-term goals can be very motivating. It can be very pleasurable. And it's good for our integrity as human beings in our long-term survival because we don't end up with a lot of people out there that just talk the talk but don't walk the walk. We have the integrity, long-term goals, and achieving and and working and progressing towards those long-term goals create integrity. I mean, this is going to be a brain tweak. Take a few minutes and ask yourself this question and really think about the answer. When you really examine the world around you, people around you, I think it's beyond obvious that the world has become less focused and disciplined over the past 15 years. I mean, is that a fair statement? I think it's a fair statement. Over the last 15 years, what area have you seen people become more focused and disciplined? What niche? What area? Think about this for a minute. Have you seen people become more focused and more disciplined in the last 15 years? Because in general, in every niche, every area, people are less focused and less disciplined. And so what would you say? And and if you have to pause this podcast session for a minute, I really would. And I would just say, what would your answer be? What area? Find one area where people become more focused and more disciplined over the last 15 years. And if you have your answer, uh, if you ask me that question, I can only think of one answer. I can only think of one answer where I see people are more focused and more disciplined than I have ever seen. And that answer would be, People are focused and disciplined on fitness, fitness, fitness. I think that's pretty obvious. I don't know what you were thinking, but I think fitness is pretty obvious. And I would be very curious to what you're thinking. If you're listening on YouTube, put your comments in the in the YouTube, because I would be very interested what your answer would have been. What area do you see people more focused and disciplined than you ever have? And mine would be fitness. Now, are you ready for a brain tweak? Is society 
focused on fitness for health and longevity? Or are they focused on fitness for the social media pictures? Why are they focused on fitness? And maybe I'm just too cynical, but I would say the majority is for the social media pictures. Not all, not all. I have a, a good friend in Miami that is into health and fitness and feeling good and, and not her, but most, but most it's for the social media pictures. Uh, when I travel home to Kentucky or go on vacation from a, for a few days and I really disconnect as much as I possibly can from all this artificial stimuli, just disconnect the best I can. The conversations that I have with friends or relatives are much better and much, much deeper and much more focused and more meaningful. Uh, if I go on vacation and I get to walk on the beach, just being able to disengage at that level is phenomenal. Uh, if I'm home and I get to go watch my granddaughter play basketball or my grandsons play sports, that becomes immensely more pleasurable, especially when I leave my phone in the car. And I usually don't leave my phone in the car because I like to take pictures of them or videos of them playing. Uh, but I'm activating the natural rewards path of being a human being. Just a natural rewards path of being a human being. My time is spent focused. You know, when, when, when we focus our time in one of the seven key areas of life that I've talked about many times on this podcast, you know, mental, spiritual, financial, blah, 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 the seven key areas. When you focus there, it's the same reason when people break out of an addiction, you know, just they get out of that addiction cycle, cold turkey. They just get out. Uh, after a certain amount of time, they find life itself to be very pleasurable. Life itself can become more enjoyable. They start to find things that become more motivational than their addiction. Many people uh, found it hard after COVID to get back into a rhythm and a routine after the, the COVID quarantine. I mean, it's because their baseline of dopamine stimuli had increased drastically. They, 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 it was so high, you know, their dopamine levels were baseline was so high. They found it very hard to focus on the activities that over time create real progress in their life. And I have to tell you, there is a way to enjoy things that genuinely make life better. It, it, you know, there is a way to enjoy things, to enjoy the monotonous that genuinely make life better. And if that's true, isn't it worth taking the time to limit how much stimulus we get on a daily basis, on a daily basis and focus on the hard and the monotonous? If over time they truly do make our life better, isn't it worth it? You know, I really encourage you to challenge yourself to think about how much. Uh, stimuli 
do you want to invite into your life every day? What is actually adding value to your life and can reduce the amount of supernormal stimuli that you indulge in on a daily basis? I mean, you can get to the point where you actually look forward to doing the income-generating activities, no matter how monotonous they are. And it, and it starts with focusing on your why. I mean, your goals, uh, your goals, your reasons, your why can become dopamine drivers that cause you to look forward to doing your daily outreach or attending a flea market and passing out drop cards or what activ- whatever activities that you identify to move you and your business forward. I mean, they can become dopamine drivers if you learn how to make that happen. If social media has hijacked your natural rewards path, you have to be aware of that and understand that that's never going to take you where you want to go. And you've got to take it back and you've got to take it back now. The reason so many people have a challenge progressing in their business is because their natural rewards path has been disrupted by dopamine. These squirts of dopamine keep us from doing the simple activities. Simple, like handing out cards or 25 to 50 direct outreach messages a day. And these simple activities is what guarantees success over the long term. You know, I've said it 10,000 times. Successful people are willing to do for a short period of time what most aren't so they can do for the rest of their life what most can't. It's a numbers game. How do you program yourself to get excited about your numbers? I mean, there's many ways. There's many ways to do that. But you've got to get excited about your ability to make yourself do what most people are not willing to make themselves do, even though it's so simple that a seventh grader can do it. It's a daggone numbers game. Uh, I mean, how do you get yourself focused and fired up and motivated to do the numbers, to do the monotonous? There's a lot of ways to do that. Uh, Weekly progress reports are one of them. And for those of you that worked on our team in the past, you know what a weekly progress report is. But, you know, that's a topic for another session. But while I'm thinking about it, uh, those listening to this on Tuesday when this drops, just a reminder, your weekly progress report for the week needs to be submitted by 4.30 Wednesday, tomorrow, tomorrow. So heads up on that. Have what I shared with you made sense so far? If I made the statement, our natural rewards path has been hijacked by social media. Does that make sense to you right now as you're listening? Do you kind of get the concept? If I say we have a hunter-gatherer brain or dopamine squirts, have I explained what I see going on in today's world well enough that you kind of follow me? And I hope you do, guys. I've done my very best here. You know, in the beginning of this session, I said, when I look back over the years at the information I've I've shared, and I knew at the time I shared the information, how important it was, but I also knew that the market probably wouldn't recognize the importance of what I was trying to share, and I was afraid this session would be the same way. 
I mean, I absolutely positively meant it. Repetition is the mother of learning. And I want to encourage you to re-listen to this session a few times if you need to, to learn what you have just heard so well that you could teach the concept of hijacking our natural rewards path uh, to somebody else if you need it to. This session is going to be part one. I'll be back for a part two session next week. So if you've not subscribed to this podcast, uh, I would go ahead and and do that now if what I've said has made sense to you, whether you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube or wherever you're listening. And if you're listening on YouTube and you haven't turned on the notifications for these sessions, that may be a good idea. Uh, if you've not registered yet for my Programming Your Mind for Success boot camp and, and course that will release uh, in December, we release it in December every year. Now would probably be a good time. Uh, you can get on our pre-registration list so you'll be notified about that boot camp. It happens once a year live, uh, normally live. It's at programmingyourmind.com and I, it will relate well. That information relates well with what we've shared in this session today. So go ahead and do that if you haven't already done it. Uh, this podcast drops on the week of Thanksgiving. I hope many of you will have the opportunity to spend time with family and friends and make it quality time. Uh, disengage from all the artificial stimulation and focus on the people that you love. That would be my advice. Uh, Thanksgiving, I love Christmas and Thanksgiving. I love this time of year, but Thanksgiving has always been a, just probably my favorite holiday uh, because I can look back over the year and count my blessings and i can promise you that uh i've never had the blessings that i've had this year for many aspects of my life and i am more thankful about this past year than i could even ever begin to try to explain uh on this session or at any time uh sincerely and some of you uh well i just appreciate and very thankful uh, Don and I have, we're this week, we're having our entire family over for Thanksgiving dinner uh, to our home here in Georgia. And then we're headed to Kentucky and we'll do it all over again with my family in Kentucky. Uh, I plan on staying in Kentucky a few days, uh, depending on how many basketball games my my granddaughter Chapel is playing, how many I might be able to see. Uh, I do have to head back to Georgia, and then Don and I are taking another quick trip planned uh, that's going to take us totally out of pocket for a few days. Uh, but we'll be back here with you next week, so please leave your comments, questions, and feedback on YouTube. Uh, I depend on it more than you know. I really sincerely do. And we're going to continue this thought process. Next week will be a part two of this session. Uh, Don and I wish y'all have a wonderful, deep, and meaningful Thanksgiving, and I will continue the discussion again next week, and we'll talk about how we can take back our focus and the natural rewards path that social media and artificial stimuli is attempting, is attempting to steal from us. That'll be the topic next week. Thanks for being with us this week. Happy Thanksgiving, and God bless you and your family.
Did you enjoy this story? Then you will probably enjoy some of the other sessions of this podcast. You can visit MLMSuccess.com and see a full playlist of the podcast since the day we started. Would you like to put some faces with the voices? Then search for Dale Calvert MLM Success Podcast on YouTube and follow us there. Please leave a comment on YouTube and let our special guests know how their story inspired you or affected you. Dale spends most of his social media time in private groups he has founded, but you can follow his public Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Dale Calvert page. And of course, your comments and feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you access this podcast is always appreciated. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week and share with you another real success story that is happening right now in this new era of wealth creation that most still don't know exist yet.